I'm George Faust. I'm Karaski Melvin. And this is Inside Cajun Nation. KLFY and the University of Louisiana at Lafayette present Inside Cajun Nation. Welcome to Inside Cajun Nation. Cajun Volleyball starts conference play. Cajun Soccer welcomes ULM. And basketball non-conference schedules are out. We're going to begin with Cajun Football back at home after a 41-21 win at UAB. That game was with, not without loss. Starting quarterback Ben Woolridge out for a while after injuring his foot in the first series of that game. Show would go on and the role of Cajun starting QB go to Zeon Chris. Again, Cajuns 2-1 entering Saturday's contest against Buffalo. No score, fourth down for Buffalo. Harity Cole will make the catch, but stopped two yards short of the line of game by Keon Martin. Ensuing drive for Louisiana. Chris would find Neil Johnson, and then Johnson would plow his way into the end zone. That would be the game's first score. Second quarter for Louisiana, Chris He'll go to Rob Williams, who will not let this play in so easily. He gets up, he goes 19 yards. That would end in a Cajun field goal. Third quarter now, 10-0. Zeon Chris leaving Bulls in his wake, 54 yards down the sidelines and into the house. One of two rushing touchdowns on the day for Chris. 17-7 now Louisiana on top. Jacob Cabote. He also had two touchdowns on the ground. This one going for 69 yards in total. Then later on, Cajun defense getting in on the scoring act. Patrick Mensa, 24 yards, a house call for him. Cajuns will be up 45-38 late in the fourth. Cole Snyder of Buffalo, he ends up getting picked off by Tyree Skipper. Cajuns win 45-38. Newsend Sports' Dawson D'Amico took in the game and has more from Cajun Field. An early comfortable lead turned into a nail-biter at the end as the Cajuns hold on to the 45-38 victory over the Buffalo Bulls, improving to 3-1 on the season. Coach Desermo talked about how simple mistakes kept the Bulls in the game. You know, those are things that are obviously easily easy to see that need to get fixed. Uh, but, you know, we, we did find a way to pull out a win, and, you know, that's something, you know, I told the team. You know, I, I've been a part of games where you feel like you played really well and you lose. Um, it's, it's, it's better to be on this end of it. In his first collegiate start, redshirt freshman quarterback Zeon Chris had a great night on the field, responsible for three of the Cajuns' five offensive touchdowns. Chris went 22 of 29 with 249 yards through the air. He's going he's gonna to play better every time he gets out there and gets to go play. And, um, you know, I thought we had some guys that made some plays to help him out. I thought he made some big plays in that game on some second down and long situations where he read it exactly like he was supposed to, made some great throws, um, made some good runs again. You know, I, I just think that, you know, a lot more good than bad. And, you know, the things that he didn't do great, you know, we'll be able to fix and he'll, he'll get it corrected. The Cajuns had two 100-yard rushers on the night with Draylon Washington back in the lineup and Jacob Cabote for the second week in a row. Cabote talked about his recent success and how the job is not yet finished. You know, it's good to, you know, the hard way paying off. And I was able to be put on scholarship, and um, that's something I work for. And uh, I'm glad I was able to, you know, show why I'm worthy of it um, out here tonight. I work hard to have, you know, an opportunity to perform like that. And uh, 
you know, it's good that it paid off, but we have more games to go, so I'm just trying to keep playing good to help the team win. Coach Des agrees a lot of work needs to be done, but he sees something very special in this group. I just, I really do feel like there's a lot for us, um, but we still got, you know, a long way to go to be there. So, you know, um, did some good things. A lot of things we got to fix here, uh, but, you know, we'll get to that. The Cajuns look to move to 4-1 and one on the season when they travel to Minnesota to battle the Golden Gophers for an 11 a.m. kickoff. Reporting from Cajun Field, Dawson D'Amico, KLFY, News 10 Sports. On the Cajun Volleyball, entering the week, Louisiana had won its last four matches in a row. That includes going perfect in the Sawyer Camillo Memorial Classic. In three games, Louisiana only dropped two sets. Now entering conference play, head coach Christy Gray, what do you think about the momentum of your team? Feel good going into conference play. You know, uh, this weekend against Troy, they are a very talented team, but with how we competed against Prairie View and the adjustments we made throughout the weekend, I'm very confident going into conference this week. And we'll see what happens. Conference play opens with Troy for two. Kate Trojans up seven. The first set, Kara Barnes would help tighten the gap. However, Troy would take set one. Then set two, Barnes, Maddie Fritz would combine on a block for Louisiana. Set three, Troy looking to close. Kemi Hicks's serve would go out of bounds. Troy sweeps the Cajuns 3-0. Coach Gray and the Cajuns look to bounce back on Friday. Louisiana up a pair in set one, now two with a tandem Cajun block. Cajuns down a set and then four points in set two. Celeste Darling would deliver the kill. Troy would take that one as well. Trojans a point away from sweeping the Cajuns again. Jabike Stumfig would end the match. Troy sweeps the match and the two-game series. Cajun Soccer's Sunbelt Conference opener didn't go the way they wanted. A 3-0 loss at Texas State. The SBC slate continues on the road. Thursday, Cajuns played at Old Dominion. Scoreless in the 53rd minute, Louisiana's Alyssa Abbott touches one off to Tatum Beck, who breaks the scoring seal, opening her account for the season in scoring. Final minute of the match, Monarchs would have a couple of shots, however, they are denied. McKenna Garcia stopped a career best 12 shots. Louisiana gets the defending Sun Belt champs and gives them their first loss of the year, 1 0. The conference home opener, Sunday against in-state rival ULM. Head coach Chris McBride explains the importance of this interstate derby and the benefits of having it at home. I think it's I think it's huge. ULM have, have been a great team in the conference. A few years ago, they finished second. We went and played them at their place last year and, and nipped the game from them in a really close game. Um, so you know you're expecting that every year it's always a turnover. Hey, they got us last year. We got them last year. Let's make sure it's a it's a good fight this year. But uh, close down the road, we probably recruit a lot of the same players. There's there's I know there's players. There's one player in particular that transferred from ULM to come here, Gabby Felix. So I know she's excited to play a lot of her old teammates. It just it gives an extra special moment of what college soccer as being so close uh, and being um, in the same area where a lot of the same faces you see, a lot of the same recruits are talking to the same schools. It gives it that little bit of edge and it's exciting and that's what it should be. On to the game, first half. McKenna Garcia would keep the Warhawks off the board. She had four saves on the contest. Scoreless in the 54th minute. ULM Skylar Blaze applies a header for the first tally of the contest. It was the lone goal of the game as the Cajuns fall at home. 
After the break on Inside Cajun Nation, we have a look at non-conference schedules for men's and women's basketball. This portion of Cajun Nation is brought to you by Lafayette Coca-Cola Bottling. Inside Cajun Nation is back. Cajun basketball, men's and women's basketball opens up November 6th in the Cajun Dome. The non-conference schedules are out for both squads. The men will have an exhibition against UT Tyler October 30th. Then their first official contest is against Youngstown State November 6th. The Cajuns will also host Louisiana College, Loyola of Louisiana, and Eastern Kentucky. The Cajuns will face Toledo, Samford, LaTeX, McNeese State, and Rice on the road. They will also take part in the Gulf Coast Showcase in Fort Myers, Florida. Last year, the Cajuns won the Sunbelt Conference Tournament and reached the NCAA Tournament. As for the women, their season starts November 6th hosting Spring Hill College. Louisiana will have road games at defending champion LSU, UNO, and Auburn. They will also take on a MAC school in February. Cajuns are going to host Kent State, Nichols, Xavier of Louisiana, Loyola of Louisiana, Lamar, and LSU Shreveport. All Cajun women's home games are free to the public all season long. Now, if you want to check out the Cajun softball team this fall, you'll have three chances to do so at Lamson Field. Louisiana will play six exhibition games starting in October. Cajuns will play home and home contests against LSU Eunice, McNeese, and Southeastern Louisiana. Louisiana will host LSU Eunice on October 10th, Southeastern October 25th, and McNeese November 3rd. Cajuns defending Sunbelt regular season and tournament champions after reaching the Super Regional round last season. Welcome into Cajun Nation. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for staying up with us. Join us. We're honored to have our special guest this week. It's Dr. Brian Maggard, the head of the University of Louisiana Athletics and the Athletics Director. And uh, Dr. Maggard, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate you and uh, always look forward to chatting with you. Yes, sir. Appreciate you having me. Let, let's talk about this. Uh, the fall season's kind of kicked off. Mm -hmm. uh, everything was so successful a year ago. Uh, the expectations always continue to rise. You guys have done a phenomenal job of, of kind of uh, setting the bar at a high level. Uh, talk about the, the excitement for, for fall and, and what's coming up. Yeah, I think, first of all, we've gotten off to a great start, you know, between football, volleyball, and women's soccer. Um, you know, I had a volleyball team who beat number 18 Rice, uh, swept them in Houston. We had our soccer team get off to the best start in program history, and certainly football um, is off to the great start. So. I think it's just, you know, the fall sports time is around us and you can feel a vibe in the air no matter where you're at, I think. And certainly we saw a great turnout last week at our first home football game. And I think people are just excited to get out and about and uh, take in some college athletics. Ready for a little cooler temperatures. Great move by no going 7.30 to, uh, <laughs> to beat the heat, so yeah. to speak, uh, against Northwestern State. Yeah, that, I think that helped. Yeah. Um, you know, we just was most concerned about that direct sun on our fan base and as it turned out you know we had that lightning delay at 7 p.m. Mm. so it was really nice to not have started at 6:30, had to have stopped and right. then go on so really at the end of the day it only cost us about 15 minutes um, but no I think it all worked out very well we had a great crowd and appreciate the fan support one of the, the you know kind of the staples of your job is to kind of continually look ahead and, and see what, what's good for the for the university athletically and you know putting the schedule together and things of that nature and I've told coach Des this I think this year's schedule 
really bodes well. I might have told, told you that as yeah. well. But I, I like the way this schedule sets up. I think there's a lot of opportunity for success when we're talking about football. Right. I don't think there's any question about that. I think the non-conference schedule is tough enough to really test us. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have to play well to win these games. We know that. And, uh, but you've got a premier brand in Buffalo coming to Lafayette, Louisiana, and then we go to Minnesota. And that's a game that we think we can be competitive in, as if not go out there and win. And that's, mm-hmm. that's going to be our, our uh, aspiration to do that. So I think to your point, uh, it is set up nicely, but we are going to have to execute. We're going to have to play well. But I think the talent is there. We've got a good team. They're still young, but they're very athletic and they're very hardworking. Uh, look, I, I know uh, it's year two for Coach Dez. Are, are you impressed with, with the way he handles himself? I, I really kind of am. I, I, I've known him as a high school coach. I, co- I covered him in high school football yeah. when he played at Catholic High. I, I, I am kind of impressed with mm-hmm. his character and the way he handles himself. Yeah, there's no doubt. Mike Desimo is a man of high character and high integrity. And his coaching leadership has impressed me really even more than what I thought it would be. Uh, I had very high expectations for him. Obviously, I do. He has for himself. But uh, his coaching leadership last year in particular showed me a lot about him as a man. Uh, and uh, I look forward to the future with Mike Desimo. He's going to do some great things. Uh, since we're talking football, I, I, I want to ask you about this because there's, a, there's all kinds of change going on in college football right now. When you look at the landscape of, of what's happening in college football mm-hmm. with regards to the Pac-2 now, <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. it's, just, it, it's just kind of really who knows what's happening. How do you maneuver through that? And, and what is the, what's the plan for the Cajuns uh, kind of moving forward and yeah. the Sun Belt in general? Well, I think, you know, the Pac-12 change caught everybody off guard. Yeah. And it happened so fast, right? It was like almost overnight. Right. You had a Power Five conference decimate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Sun Belt Conference uh, is well positioned. You know, we feel very good about where we are as both a university and a conference within the Sun Belt. And, um, you know, I think we're just happy to be where we're at. We're, um, we feel like we've got a great competitive conference that is very regionally uh, designed. And we look forward to finding ways to continue to dominate this conference and make sure that we are positioned to have great success in all of our sport programs. And, and when you look at it, I mean, the Sun Belt really has been a, uh, it's not a power five, but it is a conference that has steadily grown over the years. And, and, and in this turmoil really has kind of been a steady ship. I think so. You know, yeah. we have absolutely over the past five years, let's say, I think the yeah. Sun Belt has really elevated you know, it's um, perception and, and really who it and we are as a conference. And I think most of that's been driven by the sport of football. We know that. And uh, we just want to make sure that as a conference, 14 institutions coming together, that one, you know, we stay together, but two, that we continue to invest in our athletic programs to continue to elevate our prowess. Good stuff. That's uh, Dr. Brian Maggard. He's going to stick around. He's going to join us uh, for another uh, segment as we roll on here on Inside Cajun Nation. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back in 90 seconds on Inside Cajun Nation.
Welcome back to Inside Cajun Nation. George Faust here, Dr. Brian Maggard, the University of Louisiana Athletics Director, joining us uh, for a little conversation and had a chance to talk a little football. Um, some of the, I, I'm, I'm really impressed too with the volleyball program, the way, the way they started the season. You, you kind of alluded to it earlier. But uh, then they go to Texas Tech and, and, mm -hmm. and play well there as well. Right. You know, Coach Gray, you know, is in year three of this program, and she's really finally starting, I think, get her system in place. Um, she's worked very hard, you know, on the recruiting trail, her and her staff. And I think we're starting to see the fruits of that labor. Uh, but it does take time, and we know that. Uh, but to your point, they seem to be a much more competitive team, both on defense and offense. Mm -hmm. I remember her telling us that, you know, going into the season, she felt very good about the defensive side of of their team, but their offense has really performed well as well. And going into a place like Rice and sweeping, you know, the number 18 team in America, you know, is no small feat. That's the first time we've done that in 10 years. Yeah, that's impressive, no doubt about it. Uh, let's talk about some basketball because uh, of quite successful a year ago, and just recently, Coach Bob Moreland got an extension mm -hmm. and. Uh, just talk about that decision and what went into that. Obviously, uh, he, he, uh, he earned that. <laughs> right. You know, there's no doubt. I mean, anytime we win a conference championship, you know, we, we want to reward that success. Mm -hmm. And over a course of time, you know, Bob has really proven himself. He's a fine basketball coach and a, and a great man. And, um, you know, it's just a situation where we felt very good and comfortable, you know, with his coaching leadership as well. He runs a very clean program. You know, he's averaging, you know, I think it's a, a conference championship every four years right now. And the thing about basketball in the Sun Belt is there's not a lot of parity. I mean, there's teams are even across that board, and yeah. you know we continue to find ways to give ourselves the the upper edge, if you will. But um, very proud of what Coach has accomplished during his time here, and we look forward to continue to support him and his staff and that program to find ways to win more championships. And I think I, I, Gary Broadhead's done a done a. a, a uh, and, and a yeoman's a yeoman's yes. effort job, if you will, uh, in in creating a program that's established success and kind of mm -hmm. trying to keep that success yeah. as well. Yeah, that's another program. You know, Coach Broadhead, in my opinion, is a staple. You know, in this yeah. in this uh, community in this culture, sure. right? He's a he's a Cajun through and through. And, right, right. And you know, I believe he's the winningest coach in women's basketball program history for yeah. us right now. And. Um, he continues to, to work very hard day in and day out to find ways to elevate that program as well. And so, I, again, I look forward to, you know, watching his success. Um, that's a team. I really encourage our community to come out and support them. Um, they're a team that plays extremely hard, very gritty on the defensive side of the ball. Um, he's hired uh, some new coaches over the past couple of years to elevate that offensive play a little bit even more. And uh, I look forward to his, uh, his run in the Sun Belt this year. I think we've, we're going to make some noise. Yeah, I always enjoy uh, talking to him, and did not realize that he was a he was a farmer before he yeah, was that's a coach. Right. You know? no, no doubt. So I did yeah. a story with him last year about that. So very impressed with that. And uh, and I've been here a while. I, I, when he told me yeah. that, I was like, what? He's got he he and his family have a lot of history in this yeah, area. Right. For sure. Correct. Correct. Um, when you when you look at the landscape of of the Cajuns, I mean, you've done a phenomenal job as as kind of elevating the expectation level. Um, where do you see this program kind of moving forward in, in, in what, I guess, uh, everybody says five years, but yeah. in, the, in the near future? Yeah, let's take the next five to seven years. Yeah. I, I think that's a decent time frame in this industry to, to allow ourselves to have the time to, to move the needle, so to speak. I think first and foremost, you're going to see an elevation in our facilities, right? And uh, although we have some fantastic ones in, in place already with Russo Park and Lampson Park and and the Student Athlete Performance Center, yeah. the Cajun Dome. 
you know, we're in really good shape. But obviously, we know that uh, Cajun Field, really Lord Stadium, Our Lady of Lord Stadium, uh, our tennis complex, um, you know, and, and the baseball clubhouse, right? We have a baseball clubhouse that we really need to cap off the, the Russo Park design, sure. if you will. Um, I think you're going to see a, a concerted effort on all three of those fronts to make sure that we uh, get those facilities where they need to be. And then we just want to continue to elevate our profile uh, in the space of winning. We need to win, you know, and continue to win. We've done a good job of that, I think, but we can do better. We want to do better. And when you talk about elevating and, and moving that needle, so to speak, we don't know exactly where it's going to land right now with all of this landscape change that you mentioned sure, yeah. uh, in college football, right. per se. But, you know, my hope is that if the college football playoff system allows more teams to hit that playoff, being positioned in the Sun Belt Conference, a prime football conference, if we can find ways to win that year in and year out, or at least consistently, right, I think we have a chance to make one of those 12 playoff spots, you know, if it stays at 12, yeah, sure. right? Even if it goes down to eight, I think we might have an opportunity, depending on how they allocate those spots. But, um, so I think, you know, continuing to elevate our profile at the national level, something we want to do, we want to finish, you know, these facility upgrades that we have. George, I think once we do that, you know, we're just going to continue to continue to rise, you know, in the space of college athletics. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to, to seeing the to kind of the renovation and the, and yeah. the upgrade of, uh, of Cajun Field yeah. as well. I, I think a lot of fans, that, that's kind of there on the top of their mind. And it should um, be. It should yeah, be because yeah. it's been talked about for a long time. Right, and, right. and look, there's nobody more impatient than me. But, um, <laughs> okay. you know, good to know. Everything, everything <laughs> happens yeah. when it's supposed to happen. And um, I'm very excited that, you know, if and when we roll this, this out, I think our community is going to be very excited about it. But I think it's going to be something they're going to be very proud of. Yeah. Because of that, I think that, uh, that stadium is going to be a staple, not only in our community, but in Acadiana and for Acadiana. And uh, when we get there, I'm looking forward to uh, being able to share, you know, with, with everybody, not just locally, but nationally. Because when you do roll things like that out nationally, again, that continues to put the spotlight on you. It continues to elevate your profile. And that's what we want to keep doing. And you, th there's a way to do that. I mean, obviously you have the RCAF and, mm -hmm. and people can, can continually to, uh, be a part of that. And where do they need to go to do stuff like you that? You know, if you just go to RagingCajuns.com, yeah. you know, you look up top, click on RCAF. We've made it very simple. We've really done an overhaul on our website. You know, that's an easy access point. Certainly, you know, with mobile phones these days, right. you can do the same thing. But look, you know, we've always talked about this whenever we're together. You know, the, a, a key to our success, right, is engagement. You know, we need this community to engage with us. We need to engage with our community. We know that. And so the two easiest ways to do that is to attend our events. So it's either buying season tickets or single game tickets and supporting us through the RCAF. For as little as $50 a year, you can be an RCAF member. And uh, that's like $4.17 a month on a recurring credit card charge. Yeah. And we'll take that. Um, but I think that's how we get people engaged. And uh, but that, that, those types of investments multiplied by thousands, Can that's a difference maker. Yeah, and, um, but we want to do that. But at the same time, we know we have to engage back. We want to make sure that whether it's our student athletes giving back to the community and our coaches and staff, you know, for three years running now, we've led the Sunbelt Conference in student athlete community service hours. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a testament to our student athletes and our coaches getting out and volunteering their time in this community. And so we know that's a way for us to engage. At the same time, we want to make sure that we provide a great customer experience. 
that's something that we, you know, we pay attention to every single event. And after an event, we quality control it to make sure, you know, we're correcting the things that we may not have gotten right. Right. Dr. Magnet, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, always a pleasure to chat with you. And uh, thank you guys for staying up with us and, and uh, being a part of Inside Cajun Nation. We'll see you next time right here on Inside Cajun Nation.